Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> I hope that woke you up. If it's the morning, if it's the evening, good evening. How are you? I like to do voices, if you guys didn't know. Uh, I used to be an actor, if you will. Not an actor like in movies and shows, although that would have been cool. I did not pursue that path. I was an actor as a young child. And it kind of propelled me into the role of training dogs. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Guys, thank you for coming to the show. You know that I appreciate you guys listening. Please share it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok is the one that I'm thinking about. (laughs) If you found me on any of those, please let me know where you found me and uh, share it with friends and family. I'd greatly appreciate that. Okay, so let's talk about how my acting somehow got me into the world of dog training. Fun little story. So as a crouton, as a young boy, I started to act in shows simply because my brother and my sister were in the shows and I was very theatrical with my brother. We would do impersonations. We would goof off. We had a grand old time. My parents always say that when we all get together, me and my siblings, it is dinner in a show every single time. So They were in a show together, and this was when we were in middle school, and my sister was about to graduate, and we everybody wanted us to all be in a show together. So I said, fine, I'll do a show. I had not done one up until this point. I believe it was called Thoroughly Modern Millie. Not sure. I got the role of a stenographer, which when you are in the fourth grade, you have no idea what a stenographer is. Anyway, I learned my lines. It's very, very remedial. I sang a song. No big deal. As a side character, I wasn't a uh, you know a, a main piece. Next year goes by, I said, you know what, that was kind of fun. It was enjoyable. My brother is now going to be the year before graduating. He's eighth grade. So he said, hey, could you do the show with me? Like, it was really fun last time, and this is going to be my last show. They had done shows all the time. So I said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll do it. He gets the villain, okay, the antagonist of the show. And I get the sidekick of the protagonist. Now, this is Aladdin. So he is Jafar, and I am the genie. I know what you're thinking. What does this have to do with dog training? Stick with me. (laughs) Stick with me, okay? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So he's Jafar. I'm the genie. Great time. Absolutely wonderful. I love playing that role. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Next year goes by. I auditioned a third time. I'm like, you know what? It's my last year. Might as well do it. My siblings did it. Okay, let's see what happens. I end up getting the lead. Awesome. Great. Crazy. Go to high school. Don't act in high school. Just wasn't my thing. I was focused on schoolwork. Very difficult. Blah, 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 blah. Then college rolls around. As you might have known, I went to SUNY Cobleskill, a state university, upstate New York. And I studied animal science with a concentration in canine management and techniques. Okay, so that means I I literally studied dogs for four years. I graduated in three, but four-year degree, Bachelor of Technology, studying dogs. So how did this help me? Freshman year, I'm taking a whole bunch of classes. I'm learning as much as I can. I didn't do a lot of training classes, personal training classes. It was very tailored towards the psychology, understanding the science, animal science, a whole nine yards, studying cows and goats and sheeps and chickens and So I'm getting all this knowledge, building it in, building it in, learning as much as I can, hunkered down, got into the books. Sophomore year rolls around. Sophomore year. This is when all changed. Okay, Second year in college. 
First class. First class ever. Professor says, all right, everybody make a giant circle in the room. I'm going to bring out a dog. Brings out this poodle. Okay, her name is Eloise. Beautiful poodle. I think at the time she was six months old. Professor brings out the poodle and says, whoever can keep the poodle's attention longer wins the game. Now, if you don't know this, I'm a competitive individual. So everybody starts trying to get the dog's attention, whistling, calling her name, doing all this stuff. I decide the best way to get a dog's attention is to act like a dog. (laughs) You might see where this is going. (laughs) So, I bark once. I then get on all fours, and I do a play bow. Why am I doing this? Okay. Eloise stops doing what she's doing. She turns around to find out what just made that sound and sees me in a play bow position on all fours on the floor. She perks up. She play bows. She barks back. I bark back. I jump to the right. I jump to the left. Again in a play bow. And she runs at me. I roll upside down. I start going back and forth on the floor. She's running around me in circles. And I ended up winning the competition that my teacher had. So what does this have to do with acting? Simply put, getting your dog's engagement requires you to be a goofball. It requires you to put on a show. I put on a show to get my dog's attention, or to get Eloise's attention. I put on a show to be on stage and entertain people. Your goal is to entertain your dog, to get their attention. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. But what happens when you're not feeling it? What happens when you had a rough day, you just need to train your dog because you know you need to be consistent. We've talked about being consistent. right? What happens when you're just, you're over it? Well, you fake it till you make it. That's my advice. That's the hard truth. Fake it until you make it. Do you think as a sophomore in college... I wanted to get up in front of, let's see, probably 30 people. 30 people bark and roll around on the floor. I know what you're thinking. Oh, well, Michael, you know, you do TikTok and you do YouTube and you're probably extroverted and you want to, sure, to an extent, but there's a certain level that people are willing to go through and clearly (laughs) acting like a dog barking and rolling on the floor might not be what everybody's going to do. So although I'm slightly extroverted, I still consider myself introverted. Okay, But that means I'm going to fake it if it means I, I get the result that I need to get. Right? My result with being extroverted on social media is to get everybody's attention so they can go, oh, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. That's awesome. And I want to provide this instructional information to you and give you the information that I've spent so long earning. 
And constantly, constantly I struggle with, okay, well, you know, I see so many people on social media, so many dog trainers, so many dog owners, so many people who are just giving out advice about dog training. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. I love it. And I start to think, okay, well, how can I provide more information? And all I realize is that the information that so many people are putting out there is misinformation, is slightly off. It's only 10% of the information. They're not getting the whole picture. And so I want to provide the whole picture. And to do that, to get you guys, the people listening, to get all that information, I have to be theatrical and I have to put on a show so that you can see me and then give me just a couple more minutes of your time to where you go, okay, maybe I'll listen to this guy podcast. When we're trying to get our dog's attention, it's the same thing. So let's say we're out for a walk and our dog is starting to bark at another dog. They're becoming reactive. Or they're getting distracted and we're trying to do some focus work. What's a very simple thing that you could do? Very, very simple. You could take a step back. That's the bare minimum. But the bare minimum would be do nothing. Wait for your dog to turn, mark and reward. Step up from that is to be moving. You can move away from your dog, but you might add pressure on the leash, which we just talked about in a recent episode we don't want to do. So what else could you do? Well, could you move to the side? So your dog kind of sees you out of the peripheral vision and goes, ooh, what's that? And when they turn, then we mark a reward. You can move towards them. Now, if they're pulling, that's not going to work. You could drop to the floor. That's going to scare your dog probably, but they're going to turn around confused, and then you can mark a reward. All of those things you might not feel like doing in the moment, especially if you're in a public place. Oh, do I want to go to Lowe's and work with my dog and my dog's distracted, so I'm going to act like a goofball? Most people are going to say, no, I don't want to do that. Well, then in that case, go work outside of Lowe's. Go get comfortable with being uncomfortable in these new spaces. That's exactly what your dog is doing. It is exactly what your dog is doing. Now, today's episode has nothing to do with acting and being all crazy. It actually has to do with getting your dog to like something that they don't want to do. Okay. And it starts with you. You have to get into the process of liking something even though you don't like it. Okay. Nobody likes doing their taxes. But if you can convince yourself that doing your taxes is fun and enjoyable and see how fast you can do your taxes and how much money you can get back from the government, maybe it becomes slightly more enjoyable. If you've ever heard of the game theory, game theory is just making things a game. Sounds super simple, right? I'm going to take this difficult concept, this idea, whatever I'm doing, this task, and I'm going to turn it into a game. That's what we do with our dogs. We take these difficult concepts, these these stressful scenarios, and we make them games. Okay, Finding somebody, a search and rescue team, does not go out with the thought, okay, this dog needs to find this person. I'm going to explain to this dog that they need to find the person. That is not how a dog thinks. And the dog thinks, that person's got my toy. That's great. I'm going to find him. <laughs> right? I'm going to find them because they have my toy. And then we just work on the duration and distance later. So why do we put so much stress on the scenarios that we don't like instead of just changing our thought process and making the things we do like? Okay. I'll tell you a, a more recent study. I have been trying to become a vegan for the past two years. Okay, I tried becoming a vegetarian for a short period of time, and then I tried to become vegan. Just, I have the urge to become a vegan. It is part of my being. I want it to happen. I want it to be a thing. But certain foods I don't like. 
I don't like spinach. I don't like fruits and vegetables. I grew up eating a very, very small selection of fruits and vegetables. Honeydew, watermelon, don't like strawberries or blueberries, carrots, broccoli, very, very small selection. I would love to expand my horizons. And to do that, I have to get out of my comfort zone and try things I don't like. Okay, I tried a mango recently. Brutal experience. I would never suggest a mango to everybody. But mangoes might be good for you. Okay, and if they're good for me, it doesn't matter if I like them. They have antioxidants. I don't know if mangoes do, but let's say they did. Right, they have certain vitamins. They have certain benefits that if I can benefit from them, wouldn't I want to do it? Right, going for a walk with your dog. You might not like it every time, especially if your dog isn't trained, but your dog has to go for a walk. And you might feel better at the end of the walk because you feel better. You got some fresh air. You got some exercise, right? So how do you actually go about teaching your dog to like something? Let's get into the, the meat and potatoes here of this episode. How do you go about teaching your dog to like something? Well, you can slowly expose them to it. Okay. just This is called habituation. It's slowly exposing them to it without them really realizing it's happening. So this might be if you want your dog to be okay with a baby in the house. Before the baby comes, before the baby is born, you get them used to diapers and the smell and the new room, okay, and the sleep schedule and the alarms and the, the milk smell and all those things. You slowly get them used to it. The dog might not have a preference whether they like it or not, but this is an example of habituation. You slowly get them used to it over time at a rate that they don't realize anything's really happening, okay? Now, the another way to do it is counter-conditioning. This is where you take something that previously has a bad experience, right? They don't like it. And you just build a positive association to it by rewarding them every time they interact with the thing they didn't like. So this would be like putting boots on your dog and then giving them breakfast and dinner. They're going to get used to wearing the boots because they think that means breakfast and dinner. They're making an association between the boots and breakfast and dinner. Okay. That's fairly simple. That's fairly easy. But how do you do it in a training session? Right? You know, maybe you can use breakfast and dinner. Well, I was just teaching my dog how to wear a hat <laughs> for a TikTok, <laughs> for a video trying to go viral. I was going to put a hat on him. And so I was like, okay, well, he's pretty good with putting things on his head. Maybe he'll be fine with this hat. It's a new hat. He's never put it on his head. And he didn't like it. So what I did was I just held the hat out and I marked and reward anytime he ignored the hat. Okay, now in some cases you might want your dog to move towards the object or touch the object or paw the object, especially if you're going to clip their nails. Maybe you want them to sniff it. Maybe you want them to investigate it. But you're just going to, let's say, put the hat over his head, mark and reward five times. End of session. And the next session you're going to have five treats set up. You're going to hold this hat slightly lower. Mark and reward. Right, so I'm rewarding him while building a positive association, so I'm counter-conditioning at the same time, and using habituation, so slowly introducing him to this thing where he doesn't really realize it's getting closer and closer to his head, okay? And I'm doing it all in five treats per session over and over and over again. This is the easiest way to do it, in my opinion. Timing is important. Having a breakdown of the behavior is important. But when you have all of that, and you understand what your, your goals are and what your expectation is, it's butter. It's so easy. The problem is we usually rush it. Usually rush it. 
And what happens when you rush? You make mistakes. You make mistakes. Your dog doesn't like it. You mark at the wrong time. Right? If I'm trying to get him to be okay with wearing a hat, and all of a sudden he picks his head up to bite the hat because he doesn't want it on his head, and I mark and reward at that exact moment, now he thinks biting the hat's the good idea. That's not the case. I want you to stay still so I can put the hat on you. So the timing is super, super important. Let's say you're trying to clip a dog's nails. So you've, it, it, let's break it down. You're trying to clip them. You're trying to get them used to the clipper. Okay, we're not going to talk about a grinder today, but let's talk about the clipper. Maybe we'll talk about the grinder. So, you're going to have the clipper in one hand. You're literally going to do a couple sessions of you just marking and rewarding because you've added a new variable. That's the clipper. He's going to notice the clipper. She's going to notice the clipper and go, mm, man, I don't know. I see that thing. I, I, I know it. I know it's coming. So instead of trying to just grab their hand and clip it, maybe we break this up into different segments. First, you're going to just mark and reward for having the clipper in your hand. Then you're going to mark and reward for touching their paw. Mark and reward touching their paw again and again and again. Let's do five sessions each step. If your dog is progressing faster, great. If they're not, great. And you're only going to work on one paw at a time. So this does not mean if you're in a session of five treats, you do one paw twice and all of the paws once. What? <laughs> what? I'm trying to do the math here. Every episode we talk about math. So if you have five treats... You do each paw once and then one paw twice. There you go. So that's not what you're going to do. You're going to do one paw five times. And you're going to get that paw solid. Then you can move on to the other paws. Okay? But the more you change things up now, the worse it's going to be. Remember, we're in the teaching phase. We're teaching them to like the thing that they didn't like. They don't like you grabbing their paws. They don't like the clippers. They don't like any of that stuff. So once you get them used to you holding their hand with the clippers in your hand... You're then going to bring the clippers closer, mark and reward. You're going to do that for a couple sessions. Again, not touching the dog, just bring them closer. Now, this does not account for teaching duration. You might want to teach your dog duration of you holding their paw for an extended period of time so they get used to it. Manipulating their paw, putting your fingers in between their paws, right? moving their paw around, twisting it back and forth, clearly not in an uncomfortable position, but to the point where you could clip their nails and they would be okay. That's all before you bring in the clipper. Okay, then when you bring in the clipper, the nail cutter, you bring it closer a couple sessions. You touch them a couple sessions. You, you know, move it around, rub their paw a couple sessions. Then you actually touch the nail a couple sessions. Then you clip one nail, mark and reward, touch the other nails, and end for the day. Imagine if you cut one nail a day. By the time you got through all the nails, the first nail that you cut is probably ready to be cut again. Okay. And you just keep doing that every single day. Your dog would get used to it. They're building a positive association to it, all while doing it in training in a very, very short period of time. That's just how you get a dog to like something. And you always end with that excitement and enthusiasm, and you put on a show to help them understand that it's not a bad deal. Okay, now that was just Clipper. You're really not putting on a show there, but you are building an association. So let's say you went somewhere and your dog is nervous. Okay. Let's say you're going to Lowe's and your dog's nervous. Putting on a show, having fun with them, engaging with them, playing tug with them, is actually how you can get them to like doing it. Think about an amazing teacher you had as a kid. An amazing teacher. I'll tell you one of mine. His name is Mr. Sorkin. Mr. Sorkin, if you're listening to this, which I doubt because I don't think you have a dog. Mr. Sorkin, if you are listening to this, thank you. 
He was an amazing physics teacher in high school. Amazing. Why? He was funny. He was entertaining. He knew how to get people interacting and laughing and having a grand old time. So it was always interesting to go to his class, and they always seemed to go by insanely quickly. Insanely quick. That is what you want to do with your dog. And I'm sure Mr. Sorkin felt tired some days. It was the end of the day, usually, when I had his class. I'm sure he was excited about doing something else. Maybe he was excited about teaching. That's great. But on the days that he wasn't, he knew he had an obligation to his students to make them learn in a way that was effective for them because it made it easier for grading for him or whatever it may be, whatever his reason was. Right? He wanted to see us grow up and, and build rockets. I don't know. Or it was just reinforcing for him to see his students do well. So he was able to put on a face, put on a show, and get back what he wanted. Right? It's more engaging for the students. They're going to learn more, and then he doesn't have to grade as much. So what is your reason for putting on a show for your dog? What is your show going to be? How are you going to keep your dog's attention? Right? You go to Lowe's. And you want your dog to pay attention, especially when there's carts and there's people and there's sounds and all this stuff. Are you going to bring a toy? Are you going to run around with them? Are you going to play with them? It doesn't have to be long. It's not, a, it's not a Broadway show. It doesn't have to be two hours long. It just has to get them through that tough spot. And if they think that every time they see a cart or a person and they're nervous and they turn back to you to get this grand old show and performance, they're going to love it. And they're going to want you to keep doing it. And then you can work on rewarding them other ways and, you know, working on the criteria in order to get the show and all that. And we talk about that in other episodes, but maybe it's time for you to open up the curtains and put on a show for your dog. Thank you guys for listening today. I know it was a short little episode today. If you liked this style of episode, the, the storytelling, trying to, you know, relate it in some way, please let me know. If you did not like it, please let me know. I'm trying uh, some different methods in our podcasts here and i would love your feedback so you can hit us up on social media facebook instagram tiktok all the good stuff have a good day thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next episode Thank you for listening to the episode. If you think family or friends would benefit from what you heard today on Acknowledged Dogs, please share it with them. You can post it on Facebook. We are also on every social media platform, so make sure you tag us, Matador Canine. You can also head over to Matador Canine and schedule a free consultation to talk about coaching and reaching the goals with your dog and those problem behaviors. Reach the goals that you want and have the dog that always listens.